This is the E-Commerce Brain Trust, a podcast about building momentum online for established consumer brands. Join our hosts and their expert guests for high-level conversations about e-commerce strategies, trends, and innovations. Access our Brain Trust and boost your brand's e-commerce potential. Well, hello and welcome back to the e-commerce Brain Trust podcast. I'm your host, Kiri Masters, Head of Retail Strategy at Acadia. And today I'm joined by a fellow colleague from Acadia, Caroline Adams, who is a Senior Strategic Account Manager at Acadia. And she manages clients like Totes, Murad, Godiva, Tommy John to grow and manage their Amazon sales channels. Welcome back to the show, Caroline. Thank you, Kiri. It's great to be back. Yeah, great to have you here. So we connected on this topic recently about a new product launch strategy on Amazon. It had been a little while since we've talked about this on the show and you made some really good points around how the way that we did product launches in the past is quite different to the best practices of today. And it got me thinking that we should really sort of reset the stage around product launches and what you're seeing work across your clients in terms of from an operational standpoint and content and a little bit of advertising as well, because best practices have evolved and the landscape has changed a little bit. Absolutely. It's been really something fascinating to watch over the years to see this dynamic change on the Amazon platform. Hmm. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about how we approach new product launches in the past. Sure. So it's really an interesting situation. And in the past, when I first working on the platform, Amazon was considered at that time like the promised land. All you really needed to do was get your product listed on the platform and sales would just miraculously take off. At that time, there were really just three main tactics. And they were, number one, get your product listed have inventory to sell, and be sure you can win the buy box. Sounds simple, right? Number two, spend 20% of your annual revenue using Amazon's PPC. And three, get reviews, because as we know on the Amazon platform, reviews are really important to build consumer trust and for product validation. But that was really it. Now, those were all tactics for the seller central platform. Now, on the vendor central platform, slightly different because at the time, a vendor manager would be assigned to your account if you sold enough money, generally in the millions. And at that time, vendor managers had a little bit different role than they do today. They were very much more involved in the process, manually cutting POs, manually having regular meetings with accounts. And it was a very different process back then in a vendor central platform than it was today, as we're seeing in the role of vendor managers in today's world. Yeah, definitely a different landscape. And actually, as you mentioned, product reviews made me think back to in the olden days, <laughs> we used to be able to send free products out in exchange for a review. And that was a perfectly acceptable mechanism for boosting product reviews. I'm sure that you remember this, Caroline, and you know things changed very, very abruptly because that approach was being misused and eroding customer trust and all of those things. So Amazon put a sharp end to incentivized reviews. But yeah, that was absolutely part of the playbook was launch a product, send out tons of free 
products to reviewers in exchange for a review. That was just what we did. Absolutely. And there are so many black hat tactics around review generation today. But for me, the most interesting thing as well is the way that Amazon can now crawl through Facebook and social media and all these different platforms and really have their bots find connections between brands, between sellers on Amazon and family and friends, which is now completely against their terms. So even with, you know, technology, they found a way to make it even harder to get reviews on a platform. Yeah. And just to be crystal clear, we absolutely do not recommend any form of incentivized reviews today. This is, we're talking about a different era where it was, was not against the rules. Okay. Well, let's move on. That was sort of the experience back in the day. So what has changed and what have you seen become the case for change away from that approach besides the rules around reviews? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for Amazon today, it is a bit different and it's not just so much of let's just get my product on Amazon and it's going to you know, miraculously take off. It's more about retail readiness and making sure the product or the listing is available to be sold in the best light. How do we do that? How do we make that happen? In a few different ways. It's number one, it's by creating an environment that fosters both organic and paid synergies. So there's a play between what's going on in the organic world, what the product looks like on the product display page or PDP, and what is happening on the PPC side or the paid world where it's directing traffic to that page. So there has to be an interplay or a synergistic play between the two of them. But it goes also back to organic, meaning PDP optimization and how necessarily important that is. It's a necessity today. And what does that mean? It really means creating the foundation for a strong product display page. You need content that informs. You need to engage the shopper. Ultimately, the goal is to convert a sale. So that product display page has to be your salesperson, has to be your billboard, it has to be your retail packaging because there's nobody else to ask a question to. So it really has to engage the shopper right there, answer all the questions, convert it into a sale. I also know that one of the most challenging pieces that happens today is product assortment and channel management. So a lot of brands just want to take their existing product assortment put it on the Amazon platform. It could be competing with their DTC site. It could be competing to their brick and mortar or other retailers or wholesalers that they're also selling to. And that causes a problem with ultimately winning the buy box on Amazon. And we know how important that is. But there's also different arms of their company that have to get involved if we do do a product assortment or we do do channel management as far as bringing new products into the fold. And I think that's like one of the most challenging pieces of the business as far as offering a different selection in different e-commerce or brick and mortar environments. I also think that having a brand presence on Amazon is super important and Amazon now allows that to happen more easily. They have tools allowing you to build brand equity that is off Amazon as well as on Amazon. So it gives an opportunity for brands to shine and to really bring their brand presence in a synergistic way off Amazon and on Amazon. But lastly, as I started off, really being retail ready when launching a product on Amazon is super important. It's no longer just, again, listing the product. It's making sure that you're capitalizing on 
all the available opportunities, kickstarting that algorithm and really giving a new product a fighting chance on the platform. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to underscore a couple of things and do a little callback for you know the cohesive brand presence and PDP optimizations. Another colleague of ours, Julian, recently worked on this amazing swipe file of best-in-class product content across both Amazon stores and product pages. And this is really, you know, establishing a new baseline for what customers expect to see on Amazon. And they're starting to see this really immersive brand content that has a lot more information, not only about the product, but about the brand and features and benefits. And they're seeing videos and videos from influencers on those pages as well. So if that is the content that customers are seeing from your competitors, then the absence of that is noticed. Absolutely. And it's also elevating it, right? So you have A plus content. Now you also have premium A plus content. So there's always that extra level. Brand story is now a piece of it. Stores. I mean, there's just a lot of elements that now Amazon is allowing you to really up your game and really bring, you know, high impact imagery and really bring content to the product display page so that it engages and converts into a sale. I want to talk about a couple of other sort of operational factors here around inventory availability. And we can talk both from a 3P perspective and a 1P perspective. So a couple of changes that I'm aware of is the move away from the inventory performance index and the fact that now sellers can essentially, you know, pay for extra space with Amazon FBA, which wasn't the case before. And I think net-net, it's an improvement because if you have a new product launch coming up and it's going to be supported through other channels, you're not just going to launch it on Amazon and that's it. You're going to be promoting it through social media channels and to your newsletter and it's going, you're putting some effort behind it. You want to make sure that there is sufficient inventory at Amazon. And so I think that that new system actually is very helpful because you can have a little bit more flexibility in inventory availability from the jump. And the second thing I'd love to call out and get your thoughts on is on Vendor Central with the Born to Run program. And I know that it's not always available. It's not always perfect. But from an inventory standpoint, I'd love to get your thoughts on what has changed for better or worse with actually, you know, making sure that you have sufficient inventory so that you don't go out of stock during a launch. So when we think about Seller Central, when we think about the Seller Central platform, 100% that the new capacity manager tool allows for better control of your inventory position. And especially during a new product launch, that's super important because what happens a lot of times is you guesstimate what you think is going to happen on the Amazon platform. Amazon doesn't allow you to send in sometimes, as you alluded to, that you can't send in the amount that you really need to for a product launch. You do all these great initiatives. You drive traffic to your page. You get your PDP up and running. And then what happens? You run out of stock. And that's one of the biggest things that happens with Amazon is that if you run out of stock, 
that kind of stops your algorithm, right? That stops all that good ranking and all that work and all that stuff that you've worked so hard to do. So it's almost giving you a step back, right? So it's really important to keep the inventory in place. And yes, absolutely, that capacity managers definitely helps you do a little bit planning on your end. It gives you the flexibility to be able to make sure that your product stays in stock because you don't want to be out of stock on a platform. And when we think about Vendor Central on the Vendor Central side of it, yes, absolutely born to run. Yes, there are limitations as far as you have to decide within a 10 weeks period what you think is going to sell in that time frame. And if you don't, there's a risk aside that you're going to have to obviously, you know, take potentially some of the inventory back or take a cost reduction. And there's things associated to that. But you are then in control, right? So if you are doing outside traffic that is being driven to Amazon, or if you are doing that full launch in, you are then able to dictate what you really think 10 weeks of sales are going to be. Now, I am actually working with one of my clients now that is set up in a direct fulfillment environment, but I recommended Born to Run, which you can't do in Vendor Central Direct Fulfillment. But If you create a different vendor code, if you have the capacity to do that, if you are able to ship products into Amazon, why not do it during one of their biggest seasonal Mm. selling time periods of the year? It's worth a test. This podcast is brought to you by Acadia, a trusted partner for challenger brands who are looking to make the best use of every marketing dollar, whether that is through SEO, performance media, Amazon and retail media, analytics, or organic social. To learn more, visit acadia.io. That's A-C-A-D-I-A dot I-O. Well, that is two great points on that. Thank you for dropping that really insightful piece of information. And that's a great point as well around like, when do you launch this on Amazon? And I guess you're talking about Prime Day or prime fall event or whatever it's going to be called <laughs> called this year. That's also sort of a noisy time of the year with a lot of brands running deals. So how do you balance out those two perspectives around timing of a launch? Well, for the one vendor central client that I have recommended the Born to Run to, and then we are working strategically on getting that in on the latter half of the year, number one, it takes time to change that for them. So they need to change their model of business right now, whereas they are directly fulfilling now. So we need to build in some lead time for that. Secondly, it's when are they going to be able to have at least 10 weeks of inventory through their production line and allocated for the Amazon platform. But the most important piece to that is the seasonality of their product. We know that this particular product sells more in the latter half of the year than it does in the middle where we are right now, part of the season. So it's really strategically thinking about this particular product we know sells tons at the latter half of the year. Let's double down on it and make sure that they have that inventory within the vendor central platform, not waiting on the POs and get that locked and loaded so they can be success for the end of the Mm -hmm. year. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm glad that we're bringing these things together because the operational side of things absolutely is essential. And it's not, when we're talking about launches, it's not just about ads or content. There is a very important operational aspect here as well. So let's talk about new tactics to consider 
both on the content side and things like reviews, ads, promotions as well. Sure. So when we think about tactics, it always goes back to a few things, right? And number one, it's SEO and PDP optimization. And we've been talking a lot about that. And what's part of that? It's really mining keywords. Sure, you could go to some of these third-party platforms. You could run a query and get your most high-volume search terms and then see those into your title bulletin description. And there you have, you have some keywords. But it's really taking it to the next level. It's taking it to a level where it's you're actually looking at the competition, seeing what the competition is doing. It's looking for those gaps, looking for those opportunities, just looking for content within our reviews to understand what is coming directly from the shoppers who have already purchased the product and experienced the product, getting their words, getting their voice, using from them exactly those keywords that are going to help drive conversion or more traffic, more eyeballs to that PDP listing. And that's really just taking, it's almost like, you know, mining keywords 2.0. It's taking it to the next level of really using multiple ways of bringing keywords to the PDP and helping drive traffic. Additionally, you have to look at images. I mean, how many people are now are shopping by mobile? We know that right now there's about 40 to 58% sales lift you could get by putting videos and images on it. And one tip that we do is in that secondary part of the carousel where you have your images, it's aligning those infographics with the bullets, right? So you have a bullet one, two, three, four, five. A lot of people aren't even reading the copy anymore. Is it important for traffic? Absolutely. Is it important for ranking? Absolutely. But you need to make sure that in those infographics, every one of those bullets is conveyed through an image, through an infographic. So when people are landing on a page, whether it's through desktop or through mobile, they see those images and they convey exactly what is in those bullets. Super important piece of the pie. Incentivizing shoppers right? So you have a new product launch, right? Why should I try this, right? You're not going to have the number of views that you had before, you know? So really giving a reason for a shopper to try it. And mostly that's done through discounting the price at the onset of the launch or applying a coupon to it. This just gives them that little bit extra push to say, hey, you know, I'm going to try this and now I'm going to get a discount for trying it. So why not? But really important at the beginning stage of it. That makes a lot of sense. And I think this can also be tied to promoting the launch through other channels as well. And let's talk about a scenario where it's a brand who is omni-channel and selling not only to Amazon, but in brick and mortar stores and maybe to some other online retailers and marketplaces as well. So you're going to have some competing priorities around channels But given, I think you have to weigh the importance of Amazon as a sales channel and how important it is to get reviews, which I know you're going to talk about a little bit as well. So using your owned marketing channel, so email subscribers and social media followers and sharing the product is available on Amazon and there might be a little sweetener of a product discount to really get that momentum going and driving awareness just keeping in mind that a lot of people go to Amazon and read the product reviews, even if they intend to purchase through another channel. They might be at a brick and mortar retail location and they're looking for some validation of comparing product A versus product B. 
So although it is, you know, you might be launching across several channels and you don't want to necessarily favour one over the other, really thinking about what does that look like to have a properly optimised Amazon product page with great reviews, how it could actually impact sales on other channels as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think there's also a belief that when you think about reviews, having a hundred or a thousand or two thousand five star reviews is not the ultimate goal. There has to be a level of positive reviews, and I hate to say it, but a couple of negative reviews as well, because that authenticates the review process. And really it allows the shopper who lands on that page, sees the reviews, knows that there's authenticity behind that review process. But as we referred to earlier, you know, Amazon has really, you know, cracked down on how do you get reviews today? You know, they do have their Vine program. The Vine program is a way that you could get product to what they call Vine reviewers. There's a cost associated with that, a really large cost associated with that on the Amazon, on the Vendor Central platform. So you would have to pay into that. That's one tactic you could use. There's another tactic you could use, which is called a manual review request. And the manual review requests is a way that has to be done on an order by order process. So an order comes in, about a week later, you have to go in, manually request a review. Now this gets generated to a shopper, the shopper that purchased the product, requesting a rating. So it comes from Amazon. We seem to get a lot more traction on those because it has that Amazon logo. It's coming from Amazon. But how do you handle that? Like if you have a thousand orders that are coming in a week, how do you go into a thousand orders and be able to click on that in a manual process? So there's ways of automating that. And that's what we do. We try to automate this process. So every week, every two weeks, it's an automatic integration that automatically generates those emails out to the consumers and is totally within terms. So that's something we like to do. Also, here's a little trick. You have a new product. It's gone through the standard honeymoon phase of the product life of the product launch cycle. But now what do you do, right? You variate that product with another like product. So by variating that product with another like product, you're able now to capitalize on the algorithm. You're now able to capitalize on the reviews if there are any in, you know, that other parent ASIN. But variating like products together is such an easy way to pull reviews together at that early stage of the process. I want to put a little asterisk here to say <laughs> <laughs> I agree and I love the tactic, but it does have to be a legitimate variation because there are rules Amazon has about variating products that aren't related, that are not true variations, and it can lead to a lot of issues if Amazon believes that that is not a true variation. We've seen products get suspended. And there was even, I forget which company it was in the media, maybe it was a supplement company. It was a few months ago. They ultimately were suspended or there was something that made it into the press anyway about a brand who Amazon claimed was variating products against their rules. Absolutely. And my recommendation for variating like products is not taking two unlike products and pulling them together. We would never, ever suggest that. But there's always, even if you have a situation where you are, say you're launching a t-shirt and it's a red, blue, and a green color, right? The thought is you keep those standalone to start, 
right? You get kicked into the algorithm, you get your Vine reviews, and then you bring them together because those are variating. So now what happens? All those Vine reviews that you've captured as standalone products, make sure you're bringing those together after that time period is over because then all those reviews are going to be pulled together. Right. Okay. Well, excellent. And thanks for that extra little knowledge bomb there. So let's talk about this honeymoon period that you've referenced already. Give us a quick overview of that and what brands need to know. So honeymoon. Honeymoon period is something that's really interesting. It's a period of time that once a product has been launched, Amazon kind of kickstarts their algorithm. It gives you a little bit of a push. Now, the launch period is deemed by Amazon when the inventory actually reaches the Amazon warehouse, right? So product is in the Amazon's warehouse. The launch process starts. Amazon gives a little push. It kickstarts it. But at this point, the real important piece is, is that generally the algorithm is influenced by product sales history. In this case, Amazon kind of disregards that piece of it. They're not looking at historical sales because there are no historical sales. So they're kind of helping you along that line. But when you think about the honeymoon period as well, you have to think of a few things because it's not something that, you know, is going to last forever. It's something that generally lasts around four weeks. Sometimes it could be as short as two weeks, but that jump start doesn't last forever. That's number one. Number two, it's not a time to really just say, okay, Amazon's giving me a boost. I'm going to sit back and just reap the rewards of Amazon. No, it's the time to double down. It's the time to really increase your PPC efforts or make sure you have PPC efforts. It's also a time to make sure that you have inventory that is sustainable to potentially avoid a stock out position because you don't want that to happen. And how do you do all that? You make sure, as we've been talking about, you make sure the product is retail ready. You make sure that you have the inventory, you make sure you do your PPC efforts, and you make sure you are able to drive as much traffic as you can, but you also want to make sure by having the retail ready page, it's going to convert into a sale because there is a risk that if you drive all this traffic to that page and that page is not ready to convert, Amazon could likely at that time no longer reward you in the algorithm ranking that we've already successfully garnered during the honeymoon phase. So one more piece that I think is really important as well, and that is if you're ready, if you have inventory into the back end of a shipment into the warehouse ready, you need to make sure if you are not ready to set your dates correctly on the back end. Because there are fields in the back of Seller Central that allows you to either A, Tell Amazon when you want that PDP to become visible. Let them tell Amazon with a date of when consumers can start placing in orders, or if you want to even put a pre-order status on it as well. So Amazon has built this in. So as soon as you start, you know, you put a product up, you get your PDP in place, you get inventory ready. If you are not ready, you need to make sure that those dates in the back end have those fields populated because that honeymoon is going to start regardless of what is happening on the PDP. Great. All right, well, let's close with, I think we've talked a lot about non-advertising aspects of product launch. Obviously, advertising is critical. It just can't be the only thing that you lean on for a product launch. So I wanted to share, and I know that you had involvement with this from the non-advertising side, but one of our beauty clients that launched a new product recently that did 
very well. Let's talk through that case study because the outcome ultimately was that within three months, it became a top five selling ASIN in their catalog and their catalog is quite mature and robust. So let's talk through, you know, what did you set in place on the non-advertising side? And then we can talk about advertising. Okay, that's fine. So yes, this is really exciting to see the results on this because again, it is a mature brand. It was a mature category and there was lots of competition in this particular category. So first and foremost, what do we do? We optimize that page. Everything we've been talking about previously from imagery to keyword research to copy to A plus content to generating reviews, we did all that at the onset. We set that foundation up so that product was being represented in the best way it could be as soon as traffic landed on it. But then additionally, what we did was a PPC team drove tons of traffic to that product. So it was double downing on this honeymoon period, which we alluded to earlier. We made sure that that date in the back end didn't start until we were ready for all these efforts to take place. So what did they do? They kept that ASIN as a focal point around the brand and giving the ASIN a complete campaign structure, right? So they didn't just do their regular strategies. They really didn't just set up their automatic campaigns and their manual campaigns. They really made this particular product the focal point and they gave the brand kind of an extra lift as well through their ASIN campaign structure. But they also didn't wait. They introduced DSP, right? They brought DSP into the fold early on. They really targeted the upper and middle funnel orders in order to give that ASIN a prominent role in their cross-retargeting strategy as well. So it was really a concerted effort from both the optimization side, but also in how they drove their PPC strategy, both from their standard approach, but also by taking this ASIN and really driving traffic in a concerted way to that particular product. Yeah, I think we could have an entire episode about advertising strategies for new product launches with one of our colleagues on the retail media side of the house, but I'll have to save that for another episode. Absolutely. (laughs) Caroline, (laughs) thank you for joining me today to talk about this and I'll see you around. Yes. Thanks, Gary. Always a pleasure.